0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Well, it is Share the Show Tuesday, and that means two things. We ask you to go on social media or to somebody in your private life who you think either is ready to have the scales pulled from their eyes. Look behind the curtain of the propaganda and see what the real reason for the news is. The agenda that the power lead push on us through the mainstream media every day or if you know someone who no longer listens to the mainstream media is totally burnt out on the news because they know damn well that it is not really telling you what they say they're telling you it's not what you see is what you get and there's no place to turn for the truth so those are the people we think uh, Those are the people we do this for and who we think would like to be turned on to our show. But the other thing that another reason to share this show is that we talk about, we alert people to some meetups with actual human beings in their area. So today it's uh, people in Colorado, Washington, California, Minnesota, New York, and Massachusetts. And I'm actually going to be at two of those Meetups, so if you listen through to the end, I'll give you some more details on that and don't forget this is this week is the first Friday So that means a disappearing patron party for all party level patrons So be sure to tune into that. It's this Friday at five o'clock Pacific eight o'clock Eastern and now on to our top story
1: Okay, listen to another panel discussion. I guess is a, a report. What did you call it when I bring these reports? About the uh, CFR the- panel discussions. Oh. I, I can't remember the how you framed it, but you framed it nicely the other day. The the, the reports I bring back of the CFR. Is yeah, another- I don't
0: remember. I yes. know they I I remember their words for it, the plenary thing or the off the record thing or whatever. I but- can't remember
1: what it was you said, but I liked we'll it see. and maybe no I'll remember wise. it later. But here is what I learned at this listening to this panel discussion that the CFR had yesterday, and the title of it was The Forever Lockdown and the Closing of China. It made me think of the story that you brought yesterday about China shutting down again. Part of the discussion was about how they worry, some of them worry, that China is going to be devastated over the next year with this next wave of COVID because- of the strict lockdown measures that they did previously because those measures prevented people from getting and spreading it and thus preventing the pre- prevented them from getting natural immunity. No way. Or from, and many of them aren't getting the vaccine because they fear getting the vaccine. And then they compared it to Africa saying the African nations did not get hit as hard by COVID because they had different types of variants there before and they had been infected and they had developed some natural immunity which gave them some protection. So, it was, even though they did not present it this way, the panel discussion was a, a big look at how strong natural immunity can be and look at how the lockdowns could actually have the reverse effect than they say that it was intended.
0: That's very interesting. And I would like to, I wonder what the real vaccination numbers are in China. I mean, if they are really that totalitarian, you would think that they would have, they just force people to get it.
1: Well, what they said in there was that you basically can't go anywhere without showing a pass. You know, I haven't looked further to see if that pass is a vaccination pass or an immunity pass from having it. I'm not certain on that point. I think it's probably vaccination if I had to guess. But they also did discuss that moving forward, the question was about What's the impact of these measures, these lockdown measures that they implemented and are again implementing? And one of the guys, and he was from China, he said that he worries that these lockdown measures serve as proof of concept for mass, mass behavioral control and they can be applied wherever.
0: Who said that?
1: One of the guys on the panel who was from China. I don't have his name. Wow, yeah, time. but I
0: mean, it was, one of. The, wow.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what it is,
0: of course. And I guess they have to acknowledge these things, or it looks like it's the dog that didn't bark. If they don't acknowledge it, it looks like they're ignoring it on purpose. They say it, and it's like, oh, we didn't, you know, this was unintended, but we must acknowledge it.
1: Right. And they did go into some specifics about the ways that they control from the top and the bottom down, which we see in America as well. So it was interesting to hear them talking about this, about China, when I know the same thing. It goes on here because they talk about. So the the bottom down measures, which they kind of talk about as the indirect measures, but there are obviously very direct when you listen to them talk about, is you get your neighbors to tell on you. As you get your neighbors to spy on people at the local level, you get them afraid, kind of like we see with the FBI, FBI being called about January 6th and all that. And we see with the mask, people yelling at each other about the mask. And then you just have the straight-up top-down measures, which are the vaccine mandates, which are the cards that you have to tell. But they very much present a whole-of-government, type of approach and strategy that China uses that we have heard the World Economic Forum talk about and that we have heard that the United States is unable to do because democracy gets in the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've heard that battle cry from all quarters over the past few yeah. years, long before COVID, actually. Definitely. Wow. So what else? What I else have some more Will
1: Smith news. Speaking, I'm yeah. sure Will Smith is tied to China one way or another. I, I well, don't know, but was- I'm sure Probably
0: the top story on Fox headline today. Will Smith again? They spent a lot of time on Will Smith.
1: Well, I have some interesting information about Will Smith here and what has happened in the aftermath. See, I view this as a public relations stunt. So it's always interesting to see what the impact of it is on their image and stuff like that and what people are saying about it. And I did mention what Howard Stern was saying yesterday, but one thing I failed to mention about what Howard Stern said, and you kind of Hinted that it could go this way as Howard Stern talked about how the idea that these uh, 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 that people can go up on stage without there being any anyone there and security. secure where was the security he said they this said is, the
0: exact same thing on Fox
1: this is like the what? chick
0: was like you know she just acted like it just popped into her head
1: and yeah I well really
0: they allowed her to speculate on something glaringly crazy
1: he definitely I, I'm assuming Fox did not say this about it. Because he compared him to Trump. He said that's exactly what Trump did. They do these live events, and they're not mediated, and you don't have security. And basically, you know, Trump gets away with saying anything he wants off the cuff, and Will Smith gets away with anything. And then he calls Trump and Will Smith the same guy. So he is branding Will Smith as Donald Trump by abusing live events and just brassly going up there and, and assaulting somebody.
0: Wow, that's, I, I don't make that connection, but okay.
1: Yeah, it's a toxic masculinity, and it's the yes, live that, events are that. problem without being mediated. Oh,
0: I see. Yes, okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah, wow, yeah, live events. I've been saying they've been hitting live events. Yeah. Yikes.
1: Absolutely. And mm. let's see how the this is working for Chris Rock in the aftermath. Apparently, ticket sales are skyrocketing overnight after the event for his nationwide tour, which you know he's on a nationwide tour, obviously, because he wouldn't be up there if he was not. TickPick claims that they sold more tickets to see Chris Rock last night than they did in the past month combined. Also, there was a story in the AJC about how the Fox sold out immediately, his show here. They also claimed, TickPick did, that the prices went up from a minimum of $46 per ticket on March 18th to a minimum of $341 today. And Is that
0: secondary market? He didn't raise the prices, right? No, no, that's these a, are the that's venues. Secondary market. Yeah, right. The venues are raising the prices.
1: Or TickPick is the raising... Broker, this is tick It's pick, probably a so yes.
0: brokerage.
1: Yeah, it might be the brokerage. I don't know so enough it about those. Like so gets,
0: it, gets it gets bid up by the people. Other than... I just was interested if is they are looking at this as an opportunity to make money or if the free market is bidding the prices up. That's what I'm yeah. trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Now I would speculate that it's probably a little bit of both. People, here's why I think the prices are going to go up. Because people want to hear his jokes about the incident. They see that and they go, oh my gosh, he's going to have some new material about this Will Smith thing. I'm going to get some tickets now. And that's great marketing is what that is. It's fantastic marketing for Chris Rock getting uh, slapped in the face by the tippy toes of Will Smith's fingers in a very staged well, I think it's staged.
0: Well then, yes, he has his hands behind his back, right. And <laughs> like, who does that when someone's coming at you?
1: And then and I'll, I'll give you some statistics because they already did a survey. There was already a survey done on how the public feels about what happened. and the public, they were asked is 1,100 people, a study done by one poll and studyfinds.com. And the people surveyed were asked whether or not they agree that Smith should be charged by the LAPD with assault for the incident. Two-thirds say that they at least somewhat agree that charges should be brought, and this includes 36% of people who strongly agree that charges should be brought against Smith. They also asked whether or not people thought the joke was appropriate. 48% of men think that the joke was uncalled for compared to only 38% of women who they surveyed. And then, this is my favorite question, they were asked whether or not they believed it was staged.
0: Oh wow! What do
1: you That's think amazing. the numbers are in this? I'm what percentage do you believe of people?
0: This is just random. You're not. We don't have any demographic information.
1: Well, they do break it up into. Some because the people
0: who are watching the Oscars.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because they their just...
0: their credulity is going to be way higher than people who don't watch the Oscars. Uh, I would say how many people just saying of the general public would think it was staged? Fifty percent.
1: Not quite that high. 30% strongly believe it was staged. Well, actually, you're pretty close. 28% somewhat are convinced it was scripted. Yeah. So that could be considered around 50. And then 21% weren't sure, and 21.5% think it's real. Now, that is interesting to me that this could be one of the first times it's been publicly acknowledged that an event where – Most people think it was staged outside of JFK, but that took years and years for that to actually happen. And finally, how does the public view the two after the incident? 57% say they see Will Smith in a more favorable light, and 60% say they see Chris Rock in a more favorable light. Why would you see Chris Rock in a
0: favorable light?
1: Because he's a victim of Will Smith's rage.
0: (laughs) But that's just ridiculous to think that a victim is a hero.
1: Well, I mean, I that understand that people use right those, now.
0: but what?
1: That's our culture right now. As a victim, yeah. you become but, I mean, a he hero. Nothing, But I mean, he did
0: nothing, but he was, uh, you know, at, at, he told a joke that may or may not have been offend, offensive, obviously actually offended people, whether he, he meant it the way they took it, I don't know, but he's in no way a hero. Of course. And Will Smith was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous. And if we can learn anything from this data that they have so far, it is that. So far, early returns appear to show that this was a successful publicity stunt. But we will stay tuned.
0: So I heard his apology. I guess he made a public apology. This was on Fox News this morning. And he was fake crying, which was laughable. Gosh. He wasn't even, like, very good at it. I think he said he had no self-restraint, and that was, like, unacceptable. Then the reporter breaks in and says, and then starts saying what he said. So he didn't actually hear the rest of the clip. Maybe it was so pathetic. But the reporter said, oh, Will Smith says there's no place for violence. And this is from a guy who is, works in Hollywood where half of what's on screen is violent. And then the chick anchor said, oh, you know what? I just couldn't figure out was why there was no security. I mean, how does it work like that? So I felt that she was fed that line, and your comments make me believe that that is going to be a thread that gets pulled.
1: Will Smith literally plays a villain, an anti-hero, in a movie where his character's called Deadshot because he blows people's heads off.
0: Ouch. Yikes.
1: No violence. <laughs> with, his,
0: with his open hand, yes. Extremely violent. Extremely violent. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to give an update on the highlights from the peace talks there were peace talks in ukraine uh in turkey between ukraine and russia i don't know if the mainstream media is reporting this i got it off of rt which seems to have a little more they're really not as biased as you would think like they rt is uh isn't as biased as our news like you can figure out the facts It's not all spin. There are facts. So let's just put it that way. So if you want facts, you kind of have to go not to our mainstream media. So these are the six takeaways from the meeting in Turkey. It was between Russian and Ukrainian negotiators. Most of this is the reporting of the Russian negotiator as told by RT. Uh, Russia says that that the proposal that Ukraine brought to the table was substantive. And he explains what the substance was. The first thing is, and and this was because they were substantive, Russia is actually, before they reach any agreement, they are going to scale back their military operations. They're going to dramatically reduce their operations near Chernigov, which is a city I never heard of in Ukraine, and the capital Kiev. So Uh. trying to pronounce that in in a way that... I can't get ridiculed or accused of bias. So that's the first thing. They're going to scale back stuff. Uh, But then the rest are just the requests. Kev wants a security guarantee similar to that contained in Article 5 of the North Atlantic Treaty, so the NATO thing. But it wouldn't be with NATO. It would be with Russia, the UK, China, the US, Turkey, France, Canada, Italy, Poland, and Israel. So I'll read that again because I think it's interesting. So they want a security guarantee like Article 5. So this group of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 countries would all come to the defense of Ukraine. And it's Russia and China, the UK, the US, Canada, Turkey, France, Italy, Poland, and Israel. So that would be, you know, I just think that's interesting because there's a new alliance. hmm Okay. Ukraine will pledge not to join any military alliance, not to host foreign military bases or foreign troops, and military exercises would require prior approval from those security guarantors. They also said they would not seek to obtain weapons of mass destruction, including nuclear weapons, Uh, but it wants Russia not to object to. Ukraine joining the EU one day. And I recall from that Lindsey Graham conversation with Turkey, with the pranksters who pretended they were Turkey, saying he really didn't care about the military stuff. All he cared about was trade. So the EU thing is very, very big to us and the EU. That's very important for us to get, I think. Kev offered this is where it starts getting like it could blow up. Kiev offered a 15-year moratorium on the status of Crimea, during which its fate would be negotiated, and both sides would pledge not to use military force to resolve it. Now, Russia maintains that Crimea is a part of Russia, and Kiev says it's a part of Ukraine. So that is going to be a problem, and it needs to be resolved. If they're not going to give up on that, that's big. Uh, that could be a thing where 15 years out, you've got a you know bomb waiting to go off. Uh, Ukraine also wants to include parts of Donetsk and Luhansk uh, in the definition of its territory for the purposes of that security guarantee. So you'll recall that Moscow recognized the entire Donetsk and Luhansk people's republics as sovereign states. So that would be a border dispute. Uh, Kiev will, okay, now this this to me means that, okay, so for the security purposes, they want parts of the Donbass. But they are saying that at, for political purposes, they will assert sovereignty over the entire territory that Ukraine had when it declared independence in 1991. So that would be like the borders we think of as Ukraine, the ones that are in dispute now with Crimea and the Donbass. They're saying they're giving none of that up. Uh, as far as reigning over it. Now, to me, unless they're going to make those Russian-speaking places rather autonomous, we're back where we started, and this is a, a non, non-starter. So I don't know where it's going to go. The last thing is... Uh, I thought this was funny. So Zelensky wants to have a face-to-face with Putin. I just can't help but feel like it's just like a, uh, uh, a little a little Napoleon or whatever, although I respect Napoleon, but a little uh, guy with an inferiority complex wanting to be at the table, wanting to be seen as a head of state on the same level as Putin. And Putin said, no, he wasn't gonna meet with him unless the the document of resolution was totally signed by the foreign ministers. But now they're saying they Moscow has agreed to allow a meeting between Putin and Zelensky as part of the final phase of negotiations over a future peace treaty. So he'll get his little photo op. I'm sure it'll,
1: you know. Yeah, maybe Putin will slap Zelensky like he was Will Smith and Zelensky was Chris Rock. I think it's obvious to me why Putin would not want to meet with Zelensky because all the propaganda headlines are already there. It would just be Zelensky stares down, terrified Putin. I would just... Already I think
0: Putin wouldn't deter; it wouldn't deter him for that. But it, what it would is, it actually gives Lensky face.
1: Yes, it, it would definitely do that as well. Yeah, I, I, I just Putin's think if he is trying reloading. to reach the outer world at all, then he wouldn't want to give that opportunity for them to frame Putin the way that. See, when Putin met with Trump. Our media framed Putin as the one staring down weak Trump. Our media will now frame Zelensky as the one staring down weak Putin, and he might not want to give him that opportunity.
0: I think that given that that's an opportunity for either of them, that yeah. Putin would definitely win that battle. So, yes, our media would portray it a certain way, and a lot of idiots would never see the truth. But on the world stage, I think Putin wins that that face-off
1: Possibly. I mean, I think if you're judging it based on what you see, then yes, I would agree with that, that he would win it.
0: Right. And I think only the U.S. is that or like the West. But if he's looking at the world stage, which he often does, yeah. I think he would, that, that'd that be an opportunity he would want. Right. Because right. Zelensky, who is about to become a bobblehead. <laughs> would... Oh, great. That's
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> Milwaukee's making a bobblehead.
1: It, it should be a bobblehead of him in front of a green screen.
0: I, I, what I want to know is if they're going to have the bunker stubble, you know, I like because so. he's you know they'll trapped, have shirt, yeah. trapped without without water.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <They'll probably> have <laughs> He'd a be bunch dead of, by now if he had no
1: water. A bunch of variations of him, which are probably already on Amazon, of him like choking Putin or stepping on Putin's throat or something like that. I guarantee there's already some of those out there. I have four reasons why Putin's war has changed big tech forever. This is from Foreign Policy, and they're talking about this time of transformation that we're going through and how we've seen the Great Reset and corporations kind of take over. And what they talk about here is how these platforms have taken the lead in shaping this conflict in Ukraine and how it will forever be like this. Here's the first one, the four reasons they percent. Number one, the war has shattered the neutrality myth. What they're talking about here is that these platforms can no longer claim that they don't have responsibility for the content on their platforms, which that's been a big debate for a while, even before the pandemic and before Ukraine. And they're saying that this is kind of putting an end to that argument. They say that the war in Ukraine has destroyed what was left of the neutrality argument, reflecting a growing consensus that not taking a side in the Ukraine conflict is akin to serving as an instrument for an oppressive regime. Big Tech has taken sweeping steps to curtail the Kremlin's propagandist.
0: Wow, that really stands the whole concept of neutrality on its head. Are they coupling that with the neutrality thing, or is that a different line
1: item. No, they're coupling that with a neutrality thing. That is, I But kinda, neutrality
0: isn't about right. political positions.
1: It is. Not, I, I did a double take when I read it too. I had to read it yeah. twice because I had the same thought. I was like, they've kind of that's joined not what those neutrality two yeah, together. That's not
0: net neutrality has anything to do with
1: that. Yeah, and then they go through and they give examples of what Facebook, YouTube, Apple, and all these companies have done to cut Russia off. I won't go through those. But they kind of sum this up with the decision to finally drop the pretense of neutrality is ushering tech companies into a disoriented new era no longer are they simply simply operating as neutral providers of technology they are now making explicit value judgments regarding how governments use their platforms in wartime and what types of speech violate the bonds of hate violence and propaganda
0: this sounds like an article that really needs to be dug into it sounds like they're Openly advocating for the
1: use of propaganda through these tech companies, they're saying that neutrality is over, and we don't care what the other side has to say because we have labeled them an oppressive regime. But I guess
0: it, you know, feels like an extension of the whole election stuff.
1: It really does. Yeah, absolutely does. Number two, they say government coercion grows sharply, and this one's really interesting. The way they kind of their twisted reasoning in some of this. This one, they're talking about how some governments are increasingly banning platforms for not going along with their demands or trying to coerce them. Otherwise, they will ban them forever. And they say that in the run-up to the war that Russian coercion appeared to accelerate And in the wake of Facebook's decision to block Russian propaganda outlets but allow users in Ukraine to call for Russian soldiers to be killed in the war, that a Russian court labeled Meta as an extremist and banned Facebook and Instagram in the country. But they're talking about that as though that's Russia doing something horrible and that it's perfectly fine for Facebook to allow people to be called to be killed. That, that, that's the reasoning they're doing here. This is justification. You, that it's perfectly fine for them to do that, and it's evil for Russia to ban, to stop them from being allowed to do that. And then they go on to talk about these other companies that are also banning ruling ruling parties for posting manipulated media and whatnot. And the whole idea here is, again, it's the whole biased thing where, where you can't be neutral, where you can give in to the the forces and the pressures of the West. You must give in, but you must not give in to the forces and pressures of Russia and others. And number three is Faustian, F-A-U-S-T-I-A-N. Faustian? Faustian, thank you. Like
0: Dr. Faustus?
1: Yes. Bargains and unsavory compromises are in the spotlight.
0: Deal with the devil. That's what I think is crazy that Dr. Fauci is.
1: Right, and their deal with the devil is they talk about how these companies will enact policies – some will enact policies against authoritarian governments, while others will accommodate authoritarian governments, potentially violating human rights. And they point to TikTok, saying that TikTok, is, which is Chinese-owned, they say that they are complying with the Kremlin's censorship demands by removing 95% of its content for Russian users. And the reason that they say that that's evil is because our propagandists are trying to reach the Russian people. So that's why it's evil. And the last one, I'll I'll make this one quick, is the governments will try to create new apps to do their bidding and they talk about how these new apps are going to be popping up all over the place. And you can totally hear them saying true social throughout this whole thing, but they don't actually say it. And these new apps will just bend to the will of authoritarian governments. They say in China, the ban of Google and Facebook has helped pave the way for we- WeChat. And they say that, these, uh, that WeChat serves as a powerful surveillance and censorship instrument, as though Google and the other platforms don't do that. Only WeChat does that. And they say that the search index Yandex in Russia restricts which news services can post headlines as though Google doesn't do that. Just completely ignoring the fact that the same thing happens here. So those are the changes that they say are coming permanently for technology. Well, I
0: think they were all on their way already, but never let a a war go to waste for censorship and surveillance. Well... Before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we'll try to get to the bottom of Putin and Davos. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, the lifelong psychological effects of your first love. And and this is my story. You're going to be surprised. Why isn't Phil Mickelson playing in Augusta? The reason is actually interesting so uh we do want to give a shout out to the sponsor of today's show we are going to have some commercials but i just want to tell you about a special offer that true hemp science is offering they have a gummy product It's organic vegan They are real gummies. They contain 100% hemp-derived full-spectrum hemp oil and 1.5 milligrams of THC, which is uh, under the wire for federal guidelines, so you can buy it anywhere Uh, from any state. They come in two sizes, a 12-count box or a 60-count jar. They are great for rest, relaxation, before going to sleep, or to help one cope with the nightly news. I think Chris threw that one in for me. The promotion to use is Prop Report. Order $99 and receipt worth of uh, products and receive a free 222 milligram jar of the new number 33 CBD oil. All of his numbered oils are fantastic in my experience. Everyone, I've tried uh, type into the comment section of your order propaganda report for to make sure you get that get that catches eye and uh and he's our sponsor for today also if you want to support the show don't just support uh, support our sponsors which would be great. But also support us. You can find our XR material at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin also rockfin.com slash propaganda report also has our uh, XR material and our exclusive deep dives, deep dive live. I think we're doing that Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, of this week. And then you can also, if you really want the social scene, you can go to propreport.locals.com. You'll also get the XR material, but you will also find our social scene there. Okay, now a few commercials and we'll get back to the deepest dive of the day. So for the deepest dive of the day, I found an article in Off Guardian. They really do have a lot of comprehensive reporting there. I kind of like their play on words. It kind of makes you think of the Guardian because they're English, but it's off guard. (laughs) Off Guardian. They seems very legit to me. A lot of their articles, kind of like Zero Hedge, come from other places. This one for the authors named as Ryan Matters. And uh, the article originally appeared on newbraveworld.org. And it's about the all this chatter that Putin was a global shaper. He's a buddy of Klaus's. He calls him dear Klaus. He's seen with him many times. Um, it's Klaus did say that he was a global shaper. I think we've all... Um, heard that story, but it appears that Putin would have been too old for that program by the time it was established, and there's mm. really no record of him as that person, and I think that's right. So, but why would Klaus say that? What does it really mean? And is Putin really the answer to clo- globalism, or is he the uh, just playing his role? So last week, we talked a little bit about that, the Corbett article, and then a rebuttal to that about how China and Russia signed that joint statement. Now, that joint statement was signed a while back. I remember talking about it when it was first signed, but then um, Kim Iverson did a report on it and then Corbett and just all of a sudden came back to the fore. I always wonder why things like that happen, but no big deal. Anyway, so this article from org talks about some reasons why it appears that Putin is pretty much on board with the World Economic Forum, Great Reset, the vaccine agenda, all of that. So let me rattle off his reasons. And I verified what I could. I found one error, so I'll let you know that. But I mean, I'm not arguing with most of this. Uh, Sputnik V is an adenovirus DNA, quote, vaccine. So it is one of the gene therapy categories. It's not really a vaccine. Uh, Russia collaborates with Big Pharma. They have plans in the works for both Pfizer and AstraZeneca to be boosters for Sputnik V. Uh, The developers of Sputnik V did joint trials with Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca. I know people think it's Sputnik V, but I have read that it's Sputnik V for vaccine, like as a Sputnik vaccine. Anyway, so uh, I'm open to argument. Now, this is one thing he said that I think is not true. He said Russian vaccine passports are mandatory. And I looked into it and there was legislation before whatever their parliament is called these days that said they were going to make vaccine passports mandatory for transportation and other things like that it goes first before the legislative body and then has to go again before the legislative body it went first and then they put a hold on it and it is if i can if i found it correctly it is not currently mandatory but they do have vaccine passports which is bad enough They are developing, of course, a CBDC, a central bank digital currency, which pretty much everybody is now. And that is, uh, he points out, and it's true, a key part of the technocratic control grid that the World Economic Forum globalists are constructing. Uh, He claims, Ryan claims that the lockdowns were as stringent in Russia as in the West. I would say they were to some extent, maybe not in other ways. People were resistant to it. They're resistant to the vaccine, but still the policies were pretty much on a par. Okay, there's a passage here from that statement that the joint statement between Russia and China, and it has some seriously globalist language. So I will read this one sentence to you. In order to accelerate the implementa- accelerate the implementation of the UN 2030 agenda for sustainable development, the sides call on the international community to take practical steps in key areas of cooperation, such as, and these are all, all have hidden agendas in my opinion, poverty reduction, food security, vaccines and epidemic control, financing for development, climate change, sustainable development, including green development, industrialization, digital economy, and infrastructure connectivity. I mean, that's all the globalist stuff, all the World Economic Forum stuff. Putin's allegedly close friends with Henry Kissinger. At the very least, the Kremlin has admitted that they communicate all the time and talk about pressing international issues, as well as exchanging opinions on global perspectives. That was from the Kremlin. And then uh, one more passage I want to read you. There was some very serious, great reset language in Putin's last speech at Davos. He said it's essential to join and coordinate the efforts of the world in countering the spread of the virus and making much needed vaccines accessible. We need to help the countries that need support, including the African nations. I'm referring to expanding the scale of testing and vaccinations. So the question today is how to build a program of action in order to not only quickly restore the global and national economies affected by the pandemic but to ensure that the recovery is sustainable relies on high quality structure and helps overcome the burden and this is such a buzzword of social imbalances uh oh, wow. clearly yeah i know right clearly with the above restrictions and macroeconomic policy in mind economic growth will largely rely on fiscal incentives with state budgets and central banks playing the key role i mean He is just he is just stipulating to every leg of the global research. And there's two more things. And they just say, basically, that Putin's war in Ukraine is accelerating the rise of CBDCs, central bank digital currencies all over the world. That was I think that started to become clear when we were cutting them off on SWIFT. And then it's the war in Ukraine is also helping the Great Reset. By further destabilizing the world economy and destroying the middle class, which is exactly what COVID was meant to do. I think I I recall highlighting that the middle and lower classes within the week of the first lockdown. Sky News has reported that an increase in food prices is inevitable now due to the rising cost of fertilizer, animal feed and fuel. Um, We are going to have food security issues in the UK. I think the. Cutting off Russian fertilizer, which is dependent on a lot of the commodities that come out of Russia or anybody can't make a lot of people can't make fertilizer because they don't get those raw materials from Russia. That's what's going to drive the food shortages, from what I understand. Uh, and of course, The New York Times says that Russia is raising gas prices and roiling financial markets. All of this stuff kind of continues the trends that we saw with COVID in the Great Reset.
1: Yeah, absolutely they seem to be going down the same path or having similar discussions at all these think tanks just apply to using the same context, words, using the same words. And like I said, the one I watched last night, now talking about how this stuff applies in further context, even more broadly after all of this stuff is done.
0: All right. I have, a, I have like six meetups because I'm out next week mm-hmm. and I want to do all the meetups that I always tell people where higher side chat meetups are going to be. I actually, put one of my meetups on the Higher Side Chat website, but it made me nervous because if like a million people show up, that will be scary (laughs) and I'm not (laughs) gonna have enough space. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's on there. I am now officially going to a THC meetup. That's awesome. So, yeah. So April 1st, so this is coming up soon uh, at 6 p.m. There's a THC meetup at the Blue Moon Brewery in Denver. April 3rd, which is this Sunday at 6 p.m., I will be landing in Boston and going straight to the meetup. So let's hope there's no weather delay. Knock on wood. Let's hope I'm not exhausted with jet lag. Nothing a uh, little gin and tonic won't, uh, couldn't cure. That's at Brewers Tap and Table in Waltham, Massachusetts. So please let me know if you're going to be there. We absolutely positively need to have enough space. So please go to thepropreport.com meetups tab and just comment there, or you can email me at Podcast at gmail.com. That also goes for my meetup in Nanuet, New York at the Nanuet Hotel on April 8th. Let me know if you're going to be there at Podcast at gmail.com. April 6th, Chuck's on Union Street in Seattle at 7.30. And then two more. I know this is getting long. April 9th at 5 p.m., Smoky Canyon Barbecue in Riverside, California. If I were around, I might would have gone to that one. I like Riverside. April 11th at 2 o'clock, the Wild Boar Bar and Grill in Hopkins, Minnesota. If you want to see any of those except for mine, you can go to the higher. Oh, whoops, not the Higher Side Meetups, dot com slash events, or you can go to the prop
1: Awesome. I like the names of some of those bars. I wonder if the Chuck's bar is that related to somebody named Chuck or if people there wear Chuck's, maybe the servers, if it's a theme bar.
0: <laughs> I thought that was a little too generic. That's why I told people it was the Chuck's on union street in yes, Seattle. Yes.
1: Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you, Monica, for your news and insights. Very interesting stuff there. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you guys. Well, I'm going to give you our little outro before we're going to talk to you guys. <laughs> you guys can find your drive time at News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com. Or your favorite podcasting platform of the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, you can go to propreport.locals.com. You can check us out at Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report, or you can check us out at Rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. We have different offerings on each platform. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic Share the Show Tuesday.